if you want to elevate, if you want better results, if you want a better relationship, if you want, you know, a better, more, you know, healthy lifestyle, you can't just keep doing what you're already doing. Right. And the first step of creating a breakthrough is taking a step back so that you can assess, create a game plan, have a creative breakthrough as far as your approach, and then put an implementation plan in place for how you're going to get the new outcome that you want. Dear Balancer, I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life, but you're busy. And if we're being honest, that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host, Erica, and together, let's find your unique balance. All right, balancers, I'm really excited for today's conversation because we're going to be speaking about some things that are very important to me and they're things I love chatting to other people about and understanding and learning how it applies in their own life. So I'm talking about things like how we prioritize the areas of our life, how we set boundaries, how we avoid burnout, all these things that are really key and integral to our sense of balance. Now, that leads me to introducing today's guest. She's not a one, not a two, not a three times, but an 11 times international best-selling author. She's a top 20 podcast host and philanthropist who has been featured in major media such as ABC, NBC, Fox, and Forbes. She's also been the recipient of multiple prestigious awards, including the Stevie Awards Woman of the Year and Titan CEO of the Year. I'm really excited to welcome Kelly Roach onto the podcast today. Kelly, a very, very warm welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Likewise. Now, I kind of gave a little bit of a teaser as to, I guess, what we're going to be speaking about today. But just so the listeners get a little bit more of a feel for you, can you explain what a typical day in your life looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, you know, I now have five companies. I have uh, a president over three of my entities and a president over one of my other entities. And then I have lower level leaders that work in and run um, my other companies. I have a business partner in one of them. Um, so typically in the morning, I, I try to take quiet time, right? So meditation, prayer, uh, typically get a workout in, get my daughter out the door for school. My husband does a lot of the, like breakfast, getting you know her ready, all of those things. But I like to see her in the morning and you know spend a couple minutes with her. And I try to do my first scheduled call maybe like 10, 11 o'clock usually. Today was like a different day for me. For example, I was on a call at 8 a.m. and then I hopped on this podcast right first thing in the morning. Um, but usually my first call is around 10, 11 in the morning. And that allows me to get in a space of being strategic. And that's one of the first tips that I'll give around time because I think that for most entrepreneurs, they just dive right into action and they want to be busy and productive and like start knocking things off the list right away, which is awesome. But it doesn't allow you to zoom out to the big picture and really be strategic about how you're using your time and what you're trying to accomplish and what outcome you're trying to get and really making sure that you're being thoughtful around creating an engineered system for success versus tactically driving action. And I think it's important also, and you can pause me when you want to pause here, but I think it's important, um, you know, when you're starting a business, you're in like full on hustle mode and it is just about taking action. But once you get up and running and you really want to start creating an infrastructure for scalable success, it, it becomes far more important to create space for strategy right? So those first few hours are strategy. 
Then I typically dive into uh, whether it's uh, podcast interviews or creating content or calls with the team or coaching with clients uh, and usually try to wrap up, you know, my last call of the day by like four o'clock again so that that last part of the day I can kind of like unwind, refocus. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that notion of starting the day with um, space to be strategic. It's almost like it reminds me of a similar thing I do, which is time blocking. So I take time at the beginning of my day to block out how I'm going to spend the rest of my day. And it really has such an impact in terms of the intention you bring to your day, because often we can just go through the motions or fall into habits. Like, I don't know, sometimes I'm, I find I catch myself overly checking my emails, which is not necessary. Like I can do that in batches or just doing things that are autonomous and not necessarily like productive for where we want to be. So I love that that's a part of your work day. And, and obviously there's a bit of a re- reality check there in that not every day is the same. Sometimes you have emergencies, things that arise, not only in professional life, but in personal life. And so that morning routine or that ideal day is going to look very, very different. But having that intention and, you know, putting it in more often than not, I think is, is a great tip to start in. And kind of in a similar vein of this conversation, in the realm of creating more space in your routine, I think in general that's something, I mean, this is something I feel, I know a lot of listeners will resonate, and that's this element of guilt, whether it's space to just think and be, or space to just relax or unwind. Like sometimes you can feel really guilty, especially if you've got a very demanding job or personal life or responsibilities, like, you know, to put in that space to have for yourself to meditate, for example, a lot of people feel they don't have the time to, how do we deal with, how do you kind of approach that feeling of guilt that often stands in between us and achieving that space, which is so vital to our balance and productivity? Yeah, it's such a good question and it's it's such a crucial discussion to have because your breakthroughs that lead to strategic elevation, whether it's in income, team, business, home life, that only comes when you're able to slow down and quiet the noise and take a step back. When you're in it, you know, everyone has heard the phrase that you can't see the forest from the trees. And we all know that phrase. But then we forget that there is real life application. When you're busy going, 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 and you're on back-to-back calls and you're on back-to-back Zooms and you're you're extracting energy in a focus back and forth with others, whether it's with your team, whether it's with PR, whether it's with coaching or interfacing with clients, that's great. You're applying yourself tactically in that moment, but all you're doing is maintaining where you already are. That's all you're doing. That's all you're doing. So I used to be the exact same way, you know, when you mentioned about like the guilt, right? I used to be the same way because I would feel I wasn't working hard enough or I wasn't being productive unless Mm -hmm. I was doing something productive. So I would fill every moment of every day with taking action because to me, in my mind, action equaled results. And initially that is true. But there's then a law of diminishing return where all you're doing is kind of running in place in quicksand, right? And so you have to be able to identify when you get to a space where if you don't create that energetic void where you have the ability to take a step back and be able to see the forest from the trees, you're never going to be able to make decisions and have the kind of thinking that's necessary 
to go from being on this plane and this plateau of energy and thinking and execution up to this one. That can't happen when you're in the busyness of a back and forth exchange. It can only happen when you're able to disconnect and give it some breathing room. Um, I think, I don't know if it was Albert Einstein, um, but there's, you know, that quote that says the same thinking that got you here isn't going to get you there. And it's a hundred percent true. You, If you want to elevate, if you want better results, if you want a better relationship, if you want, you know, a better, more, you know, healthy lifestyle, you can't just keep doing what you're already doing, right? And the first step of creating a breakthrough is taking a step back so that you can assess, create a game plan, have a creative breakthrough as far as your approach, and then put an implementation plan in place for how you're going to get the new outcome that you want. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what what I've drawn from that and what I think a lot of us fall victim to is we run to, okay, well, I'm so busy, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in here at this level and I want to go here. What's the action plan without taking that pause to create that awareness first. And then often you, you might, you know, fire bow and arrow in the wrong direction because you haven't taken inventory of, of actually where you're at at the beginning, but it gets really hard, you know, like when you're wrapped up in demands of personal life and work and you're trying to do it all and be it all, it can get really hard to actually take that initial step back, which is why I kind of asked you about the guilt. But in terms of just taking a look at our schedule, right, what would you do if you were at that if you were at that plateau where you're in the busyness of just maintaining things and you know you need to take a step back to elevate and really like push yourself, what's the first thing you would do to look to minimize or reduce to give yourself more space? It's such a it's, it's a great question and I have a very specific process that I follow for this and I do it every single quarter, every single quarter. So Everyone pens and papers out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you mentioned earlier time blocking. So every it's basically a three-step process that I follow. And I, I do this every quarter, and this is how I've continued to elevate and grow and grow over the years. So first things first, you have to take a look back before you can understand how you're going to go forward. So the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to look at your, your last 90 days. You can go on your Google Calendar, and you can do a time audit. And really look at, over the last 90 days, where did your time go? And what were the results that you got from that, right? What was the prioritized action or what was the prioritized focus of your energy and your time, right? And you can't determine a path forward unless you have a good understanding of what has been happening. And this might sound very elementary, but I've been doing this with entrepreneurs for years. And I will tell you, the vast majority of people do not have a clear understanding of where their time is going. And that is why they're not getting the results that they want. Because if I were to look at their schedule and I said, you know, Sally, tell me what your goals are in your life right now. And Sally's like, well, I really want to do this, this, and this. And I say, okay, great. Let's walk through your schedule. Let's take a look at your calendar. And I look at Sally's calendar and there's no correlation between what Sally just told me her goals were and the way that she's using her time. It's the most basic, fundamental solution to any breakthrough that you want to create in your life. So every quarter I go through, I assess, where's my time and energy been over the last 90 days? What were the results that I got? Where am I now? And where do I want to be? And I literally time block every hour of my working life and of my business. And I prioritize first, like, 
okay, if I have um, my daughter's activities like that I want to be able to be present for, um, I have her things at school that I want to be available for. She has a day off of school. I want to be off the same day that she's off. So I start with the personal things, date night with my husband or, you know, we have a night away or whatever. So I always start with family, right, and personal first and blocking those things as a priority because why do we work? Why do we create? Why do we build? right? It's all so that we can have a beautiful life by, by our own design, right? And then we work so that our work produces fruits of that labor. And the fruits of that labor is creating the life that we want. But these sure. things have to support each other. And, and usually they don't. People will time block every hour of their day, not include family, not include the things they have to do at home, not include the the uh, hobbies or the self-care or the downtime that they need. And then what happens is this, this uh, phenomenon of burnout happens because you you are time blocking all these things, but you're not time blocking in a way that is going to set you up for sustainability. And sustainability, being able to stay in the long game, that's everything. So I operate in time blocks and every quarter what I do is I identify what are each of the recurring time blocks that need to be on my calendar every single week in order to go from where I am today to where I want to be. And so it's a 90-day sprint and every 90 days I'm identifying where does my focus need to be? How do I need to like slide the pieces around in a different order or in a different way? Or if I was spending a lot of time in this area over the last 90 days, but that's not really where I need to be in order to get to where I'm trying to go next, where does that focus need to be now? Right? Yeah. So, so much of this is simply about clarity. It's clarity. Where is your time going? Where does your time need to be going? And then the recurring time blocks takes all the guesswork out of it. And I always tell people this, like, I don't wake up in the morning and have to plan my day ever. Like, it, it's planned, right? We, I know exactly what's happening when it's going to happen. I build in time that's CEO strategic time. There's thinking time on the calendar. There's operational time on the calendar because I know there's going to be financial things, legal things, insurance-related things that are going to come up that – as a CEO, I'm the only person that can handle, right? So it's about having a good understanding. I think a lot of business owners feel like they're constantly putting out fires in their business and like they try to make a plan for how they want their day to go and then that's never how it goes and that's never what they get done. Well, that's because they're not actually taking the time to understand like, Yes, you are going to need to have a personnel block on your calendar every week. You are going to have to have a block for operational things on your calendar every week. What happens is instead, business owners end up doing that at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. They're exhausted. They're not getting enough sleep. They're not taking care of themselves, right? So break the calendar all the way down to nothing. Identify what your recurring time blocks are personally, professionally, as a CEO, in the realm of self-care, exercise, family, all of those things, and then stick to it. And the people that are wildly successful bringing together a profitable business and a really rich life are people that keep commitments to themselves. I think that is, bar none, the most important element of creating consistent results. Your ability to make and keep promises to yourself. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's yeah. easy to keep that calendar appointment when you're getting on the phone with someone else and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I need to get on the I have to I have to get on that call, you know, we're supposed to talk about ABC XYZ or if you have an appointment with a client or you have an appointment with your team, you're going to make that appointment happen." But the most important appointments that you're going to have as a CEO and a life partner to someone else or a parent or whatever the case, they're appointments that no one's holding you accountable to. There are appointments that you have to strategically decide that you're going to keep that promise to yourself. And that's the ultimate breakthrough is when you get disciplined enough and you have enough self-love, enough self-care to keep the promises to yourself and not just the promises to other people. Yeah, absolutely. And and everything you've just spoken about fits so beautifully in the framework of what we talk about when we speak about the balance theory. So in brief, in short, it's basically you've got your health, your relationships, and then your work or your fulfillment area. And your unique balance is your unique time spent in each of those areas. And so what you've just identified is what I call a balance audit, which is basically you identify what the non-negotiables are in each of the areas of your life. And that's what goes on the calendar first, because those are your priorities. Uh, I really like kind of how you shared that for you personally, that means you look at your family first. They're the things that fill out your time first and foremost. And then obviously you have non-negotiables with your work. And as you mentioned, like your sleep and exercise. And once you fill those out, they're basically like those are the foundational building blocks of your life. And I would say that across your life, like, yes, they can change here and there, but fundamentally your health and your relationships and, you know, what you need to do for your job are are pretty constant across the board, no matter what you do, right? Everything else on top of that is, is extra and then unique to your situation. So I like, for example, that you've allocated time for thinking you've allocated time for those emergency SOS situations that you know are likely to come up on a weekly basis because what that means is then it won't eat into the things that are most important to you. And so for anyone listening, I think the biggest takeaway for me in all of this, because you'll all be familiar with the balance order, which is so similar to what Kelly's just shared. I think the biggest thing for me is realizing, bringing awareness to what are the recurring things, because those should be allowed for in your time. And if you're constantly feeling like you're coming up like, you're battling with these things that are constant, then just put them in, block them out and allow time for them. That's it. I mean, that's exactly it. And I think that like, for example, I think one of the most important non-negotiables for everyone should be eight hours of sleep. And in the entrepreneurial world, especially like people don't do that. And, and it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And so many people, because they don't have good control over their calendars and they don't do what you're just describing there with, like, what are your priorities? Like, what is your balance theory, right? I love the way that you are, are teaching everyone this because it's so, so crucial. Um, there has to be pillars that are non-negotiable. Sleep has Absolutely. to be one of them. Exercise has to be one of them because everything in your life depends on your mental and physical wellness. Everything. Every other thing you do will shut down and will be off the table if you don't put those things 
as non-negotiables. And so many people don't, right? And there is enough time. There's always enough time. There's always someone that has more going on than you that's finding the time. But it's about being disciplined. Um, You mentioned something really important there, which is you said, like, if something keeps coming up, make sure that you have a recurring block for it. Um, That's a huge miss for people. It's like they, they have things that they don't want to have recurring blocks for or they don't want trying to just to sweep it under the rug. Yeah, yeah. And and then that backfires every single time because then what happens is it doesn't matter whether you say you want that to happen or or you don't want that to happen. It's going to come up. So that means that if you didn't plan for it, that's what creates the domino effect where mm-hmm. so many leaders in companies and business owners alike say, I'm constantly putting out fires. I'm constantly dealing with chaos. Well, that's because you're setting yourself up to not be in a position of power to manage the things that are going to come up as an everyday part of being a leader or a head of household or you know a business owner. It doesn't matter whether you work in corporate or whether you manage the home or whether you manage a business. Like These mm-hmm. are the things that we have to be thinking about and planning for. Yeah, absolutely. And and the only other thing I'll add to this is I think having those blocks. So for example, you said like thinking time, operational time, whatever the case may be, it might not be that you have to do that every day, but what having the block does is it affords you flexibility and having flexibility is what then gives you the potential to move with life because life ebbs and flows and it's never the same. And if you expect it to be, you know, I mean, I time block short, but it doesn't always go to plan, but at least I have a road to come back onto when I go off. And, you know, I, I, it's, it almost seems counterintuitive to create a structured plan, but that actually gives you more flexibility because you give yourself parameters to kind of divert your energy to. So for anyone listening who hasn't tried time blocking or you have maybe a perception that it's quite rigid, I have to say it actually gives you flexibility, which is a strange like, do you know what I mean? Like it almost you feel like it wouldn't be that way, but it really does. No, I couldn't agree more. And and for those of you that are thinking about like in, in my main company, in my coaching and consulting company, one of our goals is to move to a four-day work week starting January 1st of Love this year. That. And I've already started like trying to like clear my Fridays and like really structure my Monday through Thursday. And it's because of time blocking. Time blocking is the number one thing that if you can get good at it, then you can open up your freedom, your flexibility, your your bandwidth because you become so much more efficient when you have a better understanding of gauging how much time do I need for this? What are the things that are going to come up in a normal course of a week and so on and so forth versus just kind of being in reaction mode all the time and then it feels like it's like this endless pummel that you can't mm-hmm. get on top right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess in the realm of work, I mean, I know you manage a lot of teams, a lot of people, you're, you're sitting on that senior level. Uh, when we're talking about creating boundaries in the workplace, not everyone is fortunate or in a position where they maybe have a boss or are working for a team leader or a manager that, you know, values these kinds of things like eight hours of sleep and diet and nutrition. It's kind of pick of the lottery, really, when you're working in a a company. It really depends on the people you work for. I mean, sometimes you hear people love working for a company, but it really comes down to the people and some people don't like it at all. So, you know, some people might find themselves in a situation where they're working with maybe difficult people who don't necessarily have the same values or priorities as them. What's your advice to people listening 
who want to create boundaries in their work life because they feel like it's encroaching on their personal time. Any tips on how they can go about that, approach it in the first instance, uh, you know, obviously leaving job as a last resort. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's a really good question. And what I would say is knowing what your company and your manager actually values is the easiest way. And the reason I say that is that if you know what your manager – so I was an employee for a really long time, right? I worked for a Fortune 500 company. I had an amazing mentor. I was promoted seven times in eight years. I, I just – I was an employee for a very long time, so I can give context from that perspective. What I would say is the top thing is you will not be in reaction mode as an employee responding to your manager or the CEO or other people in your team if you understand the priorities of the company and you're constantly proactively updating on the important projects, the important deliverables, and the things that you're being measured and tracked on. Because if you are proactively, let's say it's 445 and you want to be out the door for the gym at 5 o'clock, if you're proactive and every day you are updating your manager at 445 and you're like, this is where I'm at. This is the result that I got today. Here's where I am. Here's what my action plan is. Your manager is going to come back and say, amazing. Thank you so much. But if you're out the door at five o'clock and you're on the way to the gym and you didn't update your manager and you didn't make progress that day and there's no results to show for it, guess who's going to be texting you and calling you and emailing you and you're on the way to the gym and you're like, I'm trying to take care of myself. I need space. And they're not thinking, they're not thinking that they don't want you to have space to go to the gym. They're thinking, where's where's my results? Where's my update? What's what's going on? So the the thing that I learned with that is know what their priorities are. If you know what is most important to the person that you report to, and you focus on driving results in that area, and then you communicate consistently and frequently around your progress and your outcomes, you're gonna push that back and it's not gonna feel it's not going to feel like friction to them or to you. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah, it's absolutely. The- I mean, I can absolutely, yeah. I can vouch from being in, in a very similar position. I mean, I'm fortunate now that I work, um, so I'm working as a lawyer at the moment here in Dubai, and I, I'm fortunate that I work for a very small team, but that was an active choice of mine because I have worked in large multinational corporations. I've worked in private practice firms, and I know that there's a lot less flexibility when you're dealing with 20-plus people teams. And so a choice of mine off the back of, I mean, this is obviously a little bit to the side. We're not speaking about looking for work, but bringing that intention and knowing what the company stands for and what they'll actually be able to give you based off what you need and your lifestyle and whatnot, that's always something that's been front of mind for me when I've been looking to join teams or companies. And so if you're in that position, if you know, a lateral move or just, just I think in general, open communication is the biggest strength in all of this. And so you framed it in the way of being proactive and understanding, I guess, why are you being hired? You know, like what, what is the main thing that they want you to achieve? And I think as long as you're doing your job, I mean, I've also hired people in other businesses I've got. And so ultimately if someone wants to have a half day for personal reasons on a Friday or whatever the case may be, but they've done all their work, it's not to me personally, that's not an issue. But I think traditionally when you work for people, maybe that are a little bit more uh, let's say less open to the flexible working side of things, that is not necessarily like an approach they can bring to the table. But I think if you're communicating openly uh, and you're working for with people that 
are open to supporting you and what you need in your life, I think that becomes less difficult. And I know there'll be a lot of people listening who probably have that opportunity, but are scared to have the conversation, are scared to ask, are scared to be open, are scared to be the first one out the door because I've been in businesses like that. But I think ultimately, I just think me getting in my sleep, me going to the gym, me making sure I'm making those appointments, that actually makes me a better staff member. It makes me a better employee. Your employer wants results, right? If you're working for the right person, they're not measuring you based on were you the first one in or were you the last one out? They're measuring you, are you making an impact? Are you getting Mm -hmm. a result, right? So I think that's why I say know know what your manager's priorities are and know what the company's priorities are because I think a lot of times that's where there's like friction, right? An employee is working really, really hard doing all these projects and all these things that they feel are really important and they're trying so hard to contribute but they're not getting results in the area that actually is what their manager is measuring them on. So knowing what your manager is being measured on themselves and knowing what they're measuring you on is the most important way to like minimize your workload and actually allow you to focus on what matters. And to your point, getting sleep and going to the gym and taking care of yourself, that's going to elevate your impact substantially, right? It's not – if you're working for a smart person – they're not measuring you based on your hours. They're measuring you based on impact. So you have to say to yourself, what is going to make me the most impactful person? Obviously, taking care of yourself is at the top of that list, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the uh, potential barrier for a lot of people listening, or I mean, even me, myself in the past, is kind of the perception of others in the team. So when we speak about, you know, I used to work in a law firm that was quite, quote unquote, political, and it'd be like, who's first in, who's first out type thing. But I got to a point where I almost made it a a goal of mine to be the first out the door because I was like, well, I've gotten all my work done and I can still go and enjoy my night. Whereas I think the mentality of depending on your work culture and whatnot sometimes is, well, who's last in the office? I mean, a colleague of mine used to sit there and play Tetris just to be the last one out of the office. And, you know, I think if that's the culture and, and what you're surrounding yourself in, it's then difficult to maybe push your own personal agenda. But I think at the end of the day, if you just zoom out and hone in on what does your manager want, you know, they're the people that are responsible for your progress and and paying you at the end of the day. Uh, And if they can afford you that flexibility or at least understanding and you know what's going to give you the most impact, then prioritize that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Kelly, I have learned a lot today. I mean, you've given me a huge reminder to it's probably due for me and for everyone listening to do another balance audit. We did one at the start of the year, but recurringly, I mean, I love your every day, every 90 days as a suggestion. So thank you for giving me that reminder. Uh, I think it's refreshing to always hear how other people are approaching their balance and their time, how they like to structure it. And you've given some really awesome tips, particularly with respect to creating those boundaries or at least identifying them in the workplace that I know a lot of people would have gotten a lot out of. So thank you so, so much. And for anyone wanting to follow you, connect with you, where's the best place they can go? And I'll pop some links in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. And I love the balance theory concept. And I think it's it's so key for people, especially today. So it was it was great to be able to unpack that, Erica, from kind of both both sides today. Um, <laughs> the Kelly Roach Show is a great place if you want to learn about building and growing and scaling a company, the Kelly Roach Show. And um, you know, certainly happy to connect with anyone online, Kelly Roach Official on Instagram or just Kelly Roach, my personal page on Facebook. Amazing. Well, I'll put links to all of that. Thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to connecting again in the future. 